Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic. It's just honest. So if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Kevin King. He's the CEO at MedCognition. He's an emergency physician and educator. He graduated from the Uniform Services University and completed his residency in emergency medicine at the University of Florida in Jacksonville, Florida. Subsequently, he served as the brigade surgeon for the storied 2nd Brigade, 101st Airborne Division, and deployed to Iraq. After the Army, he joined the faculty at University of Texas Health San Antonio, in the Department of Emergency Medicine. The PER-SIM grew out of his desire to provide realistic and affordable patient simulation for its students. So uh, we'll dive into what the PER-SIM, that's the name of, of their product, the P-E-R-S-I-M, PER-SIM. And uh, we'll also dive into some of the ideas that Dr. King has around healthcare and, uh, and uh, emergency medicine in general. So, uh, Kevin, true pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, it's terrific to join you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, did I miss anything in the intro that you wanted to, to share with the listeners? Uh, no, sir. It was, uh, it was very complete. But I think that what is important for the listeners to kind of understand as we go through the, the conversation is that there's a, a large body of kind of experience that drove me towards wanting to start a startup uh, in my mid forties, <laughs> <laughs> and we're definitely looking forward to to hearing that. And also, thank you for your service. We appreciate everything you've done on that front, as well as now in your innovation uh, entrepreneurial stage. Well, thank you. So, what would you say got you into the healthcare sector to begin with, Kevin? Well, it goes back. I mean, all the way back to even high school and uh, college when I was just became very interested in medicine. I had, a, I had a medical procedure done when I was a senior in high school, and that coupled with what was already an interest in the physical sciences, chemistry, biology, physics. As I went through my schooling at the University of Texas at Austin, I developed a very strong affinity for biology and ultimately wanted to couple that interest in biological sciences with a growing interest in uh, the medical field. So at that point, I decided to apply to medical school, and well, here I am today. Love it. It was just a kind of an inevitable um, path with your experiences, and and so since you mentioned it, what is it that inspired you to to get into the startup at this stage in your career? Well, yeah, that's a. I'd say that what drove me towards emergency medicine. Let, let me back up to that. Actually, sure. even starts further than that is. 
I really enjoy being an on-your-feet problem solver. And emergency medicine is, is unique in the house of medicine in that I never know what's going to happen. I don't know who my patients for that day are going to be. I have no idea if it's going to be a day of taking care of the flu and ankle sprains or patients who are much, much sicker. And so I enjoy that on-your-feet decision-making. And as I progressed through my career, even all the way back into medical school, I chose to do a lot of activities where I really like to help people do what they want to do, but do it better. What I mean by that is my why is I want to enable folks to accomplish their goals, to do what they want to do, and I want to help them accomplish those goals in an efficient and uh, comprehensive way. So which is kind of the reason I moved over towards education as I progressed through my career. I, I started out in education back in 2010 when I joined the faculty at, at UT Health here in San Antonio. And that education really kind of melds in with helping people who want to become emergency physicians or just physicians in general become, help them accomplish those goals. And what got me interested in the startup per se was as I was educating emergency medicine residents, as I was educating students, I came to the realization that a very important skill that I had acquired over 20 years of medical practice is the ability to walk into a room and rapidly gain an understanding that a patient who's in front of me is critically ill. There's a look to that. Somebody who is having difficulty breathing looks a certain way. Somebody who has a life-threatening emergency often looks a certain way. They have a little bit of subtle sweat. They're breathing funny. They're sitting on the bed in, a, in an awkward way. And it took me probably a decade or so to kind of learn what that looks like. But it's a critical skill for clinicians to understand. So I started to think, why don't we have simulation to train that? Recently, we had the Southwest Airlines accident out on the East Coast. And I think it was last spring, was it? When the uh, uncondemned engine failure and uh, the pilot right. executed a beautiful emergency landing at Pittsburgh Airport. And there's no doubt that the pilots are incredibly skilled. But I would like to point out that that's not the first time they've done that emergency. They've done engine failures and cabin uh, pressurization losses at altitude in these incredibly realistic simulators that the airline industry utilizes to train their crews how to respond in an emergency. I mean, these things are pods on, a, on, on stilts. They move realistically. They can replicate any kind of weather conditions, flight conditions, all kinds of stuff. And I started to wonder, why don't we have that in medicine? Because the simulation technology we have in medicine is largely uh, centered around plastic mannequins. They look like what you might see in a department store, but they're very sophisticated. They have little actuators in them that allow them to blink their eyes and speakers to allow them to talk and pumps and stuff to move fluids through that simulate blood. But ultimately, they still look like a plastic mannequin. They don't sweat. They don't give you the fearful look that a patient who's in critical uh, distress does. They don't shift around. They just don't look real. And I wondered why that was and how we could fix it. So that's kind of what got me interested in thinking about how to fix a problem. How do we fix this issue of providing more realistic medical simulation to medical professionals? Love it. So talk to us a little bit about what you guys have done today, maybe some examples of the work you've done and results you've created. 
So what we've done, my team and I, I'm joined by some emergency medicine clinicians as well as some computer scientists out of UTSA. And what we've done is we've created the first augmented reality medical patient simulator that's available. Basically, what we did is we took some really slick technology um, from Microsoft, the Microsoft HoloLens, which is an augmented reality device. And what augmented reality is, it, uh, it allows us to use the HoloLens, which is worn on the user's head, to project mm -hmm. a computer image into the user's environment. So for instance, we could put a HoloLens on your head in the recording studio and we could lay our patient out on the floor next to you, or we could do it in the back of an ambulance, at the shopping mall, in an emergency department, wherever we wanna put it, we can project this computer-generated patient. So in addition to having the ability to project this computer-generated patient, we worked with a very skilled medical art team, animator and a, and a medical artist, who created these super realistic looking renditions of patient illness, like chest pain or respiratory problems or, or a seizure. And so we can now take these highly realistic computer-generated images, these, these animations, and project them into almost any environment where mm -hmm. the user might be practicing. And how are they, can they feel them? How does that part work? So the way that works is we can do uh, the animation projection in one of two ways. We can project the animation just onto a table, in which case, you know, there's nothing there. It's just, a, right. it's just an image that's projected on the table. We can also wrap this animation, this computer image, around an actual physical mannequin. Now, why would we want to do that? Well, for the exact reason that you just mentioned, that gives the user, the, the learner, something to reach out and touch, something mm -hmm. to push on for CPR, or something to even touch and start an IV or practice another procedural skill on. Fascinating. Very cool. Wasn't aware you could do both. Interesting use of, uh, of this technology. So as you guys have taken a dive into this technology, number one, is it available today? And... Number two, if it is, where, where can they get it? So it is available today. You can actually go to our website, www.medcognition, that's M-E-D-C-O-G-N-I-T-I-O-N.com, and contact us that way. But yeah, it is available today. We actually have uh, five customers out there using it uh, for training of medical learners as we speak. Love it. So it's super, super interesting. And we've had a few other uh, guests in a different space, uh, for example, using virtual reality to train orthopedic surgeons. You may not see a distal radius fracture in your entire practice, but there's other ways for you to get that. And, and now with the great things that you guys are doing there, I mean, talk about gaining those 10 years of experience in maybe less than a year. It's fascinating work and uh, definitely a great way to, to improve outcomes. Give us an example of, of a setback you guys had and what you learned from it. You know, it's interesting being a physician who has absolutely no business experience, really. Uh, I've never worked in the business environment. I've never done, I've never tried to get a product to market before. It's been a very interesting learning experience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've learned really over the course of this year is we thought, well, gee, how hard can it be to sell stuff? Uh -huh. I mean, how hard can sales really be? Well, what we've learned over the last year is sales is really hard. It's hard to do it correctly and it's hard to yeah. do it well. So that's actually been, um, you know, said no startup CEO ever. Gee, the sales aren't quite measuring up to what we were hoping they might be. So <laughs> our, our sales process, what we've encountered with that this year is that we're largely 
selling to public safety organizations like fire departments and, and ambulance companies and uh, learning institutions like community colleges and medical schools and that sort of thing. Well, their budget cycles are really long. <laughs> so one of those things that we're encountering right now is, is a, a sales cycle that's really quite long. And what we're doing with that actually is we are reaching out and uh, we're really pleased uh, here in San Antonio to have some access to resources that we otherwise might not have. We have recently been selected to join Velocity Texas, which is a uh, accelerator incubator organization run by the Texas Research Technology Foundation hmm. here in town. Yeah. And so we'll be uh, starting to work with them and being able to access and uh, get to know the business community here in town with the hope of obtaining some of that experience. And we're also working to expand our sales focus by uh, recruiting and working with uh, a network of resellers. And so we've uh, signed on with three resellers and um, we'll be working with them over the next 12 months to try and help get our sales process moving in the right direction. Because ultimately, our core competency is creating a realistic medical patient simulator. Mm -hmm. And we would like to partner with them to uh, harness their core competency, which is sales and marketing. Love it. That's great, Kevin. And, you know, kudos to you guys for finding the resources and, and teaming up with the right people to, to help get this into the right hands of the people that could distribute it. Because there's definitely no doubt. I mean, I took a look at some of the images, some of the videos, folks. If you have a chance, check out the website. Uh, you'll see how realistic these, uh, these images look. I can't imagine how they would look with the HoloLens um, in 3D. So that's uh, some really great work you guys are up to there. How about on the other side of the coin, Kevin? What's one of the proudest experiences you guys have had to date? I would have to say that one of the proudest experiences we've had to date, well, I'm going to give you a couple. Number one was we've been very proud of each and every customer that we have, have signed on. And, mm -hmm. and our customers are coming to us at increasing velocity uh, with every passing month. And the reason that is so encouraging for us is our customers come to us and they look at our product and they validate the reason we went to market. Yes, we've had these limitations, Kevin. We've really been struggling with this and we love your product, our students love your product, and it's really making a difference. It's helping our students understand complex clinical conditions before they have to go to the field and practice medicine for real. And so for me as an educator and as somebody who really is passionate about trying to help people do what they wanna do, that is an incredibly gratifying feeling to be told, hey, look, what you're doing is making a difference. Yeah, um, that's and really big. And as a company, our our goal is, is to have an impact. A lot of the customers that we're focused on are pre-hospital agencies and community colleges. And I don't think there are a lot of people out there that would disagree. Maybe there's some, but our pre-hospital professionals do incredibly important work, but they're not always resourced the way they probably should be with training aids. And so being able to provide them a, a training aid that really makes a difference in how they provide care to critically ill patients is important to us as a company as well. So we've been very proud of that. No, absolutely. We were selected as a innovator of the year for EMS World, uh, which is the world's largest EMS conference. And we were selected as one of the 2018 innovations of the year. Again, a very proud moment for us to really have a bunch of folks, you know, after working on this for three plus years, having a group of your peers and a group of your target audience tell you that, yes, what you've done here is really, is really remarkable. And, and that was very exciting for us as well. Congratulations on that. Thank you. 
Yeah, there's no doubt the the training of of uh, EMS folks is 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 crucial. I mean, it could mean the difference between a a stroke not being a big as big of a deal or or, or death. And just one example of many, right, Kevin? Correct. Uh, so definitely key that these these folks get the appropriate amount of training. If you're listening today and uh, you've been searching for a solution to this gap, by all means, Kevin's your man, and we'll leave uh, uh, contact information here for the company for you guys to get in touch. Getting close to the end of our time here today, Kevin, let's pretend we're building a, a course on what it takes to be successful in healthcare and education. So I've got a couple questions for you, lightning round style, so I'll ask, and then you'll give me some quick responses, followed by a book you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yes. All right, let's do it. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I'm going to limit this to kind of our focus area. I think the best way to improve uh, healthcare outcomes is to really focus on improving the quality of training that healthcare providers receive. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Remember, sales is hard. (laughs) How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think by keeping an eye on the goals and necessary outcomes that your customers have allows companies to stay relevant. If you address the needs of your customers and their needs are forefront, that will help you stay relevant. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? We want to have an impact on the health and welfare of our customers' patients. Love it. And these two next ones are more fun off business. It's what's your number one health habit? Oh, boy. I run. Nice. And how about your number one success habit? Keep going until somebody tells you to stop. Love it. Kevin, what book would you recommend to the listeners? Well, I have two books, um, actually, if I may. One is yeah, uh, Start, with, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Um, it's a book about how companies should focus their efforts. And the other one is a book by Adam Grant called Originals. And it's all about how original thinkers and innovators behave and act and think. Great recommendations, Kevin. Folks, for the syllabus that we've created for you here, along with a transcript and brief show notes, just go to outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in Kevin King or type in MedCognition, and you'll find all of the resources there. Kevin, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with to continue the conversation with you. So my closing thought is I love what I do. And despite all the struggles and difficulty that running a startup company is, what keeps me and my partners going is we love what we do. And we are very passionate about having a positive impact on our customers and their clients. Love it. And, and uh, there's absolutely phenomenal work being done here, folks. If you get a chance, check out MedCognition online. They're definitely doing some great work. And if you find that what they're doing aligns with your efforts, by all means, reach out. So Dr. Kevin King, again, CEO of MedCognition, just want to say a big thank you to you and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. So it was great fun. I I appreciate the opportunity and uh, hope your listeners uh, got something out of our conversation today. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. 
Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 